Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Judges chapter 7, this is the last message we're going to speak on I Declare War. Everyone say, I declare war. We fight for a lot of things in life, but many times what we expend our energy on are things that really aren't worth fighting for. We fight for things that really aren't important. We we get upset about things that really have no bearing on eternity. And we, we get mad someone took our parking spot, cut us off, said something about us. But we get so out of, bent out of shape on social media and we ever have to give someone a piece of our mind. We fight for so many things, but we rarely fight for things that matter. Don't fight for our families. Don't fight for our future. We don't fight for our peace. Today I want to talk to you about fighting for your future as we close this series out. Verse 27, we're kind of re, re, uh, laying the foundation and kind of just reviewing a bit, talking about Gideon and his 300 as they're going into this battle. When the 300 blew their trumpets, everyone say trumpets. The Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp, and the army fled to Beth Acacia, towards Zerah, as far as the border of Abel, Melahlona, and by Tabath. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I, I promise I won't be long, but I, I want to just kind of lay a foundation of what we shared last week about fighting uh, for your freedom. When, when Gideon goes into this battle, he has 32,000 soldiers that are with him. But God says you have too many that are with you in order for you to win the battle. That's the way God works. God will minimize your resources in order to maximize his glory. And sometimes he'll take things away from us in order to give us a better opportunity for his power to be made manifest in your life. And so when people begin to leave you, instead of panicking, know that God is about to set you up for a breakthrough in your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so this is what happens with Gideon. He has 32,000 men and God says this, you have too many. So he tells them this, tell the, the, the army, whoever's afraid, go home. So 22,000 men, how many? 22,000 men leave and go home, and Gideon's left with 10,000 men to fight against over 200,000 men. And then God says, you still have too many. So what I want you to do is take them by the river, and I want them to drink. And the ones that kneel down and bring the water to their mouth, those you keep. The ones that put their face into the water and drink, send them home. And so over 9,700 put their face in the water and drink. And only 300 brought the water to their mouth. So with 300, they go into battle. Have you ever felt like you just were outnumbered? You ever felt like the odds were too great against your success? Oh, come on, somebody. Have you ever felt like what you were facing was bigger than your resources to take care of? But God takes 300 men and they send them into battle, but instead of sending them with swords, with tanks, or AKs, or grenades, God sends them into battle with 
a torch, a pot, and a trumpet. That ain't right. I'm just telling you. Someone say, that ain't right. That There are times you're going to go into battle with things and weapons that you feel like, you know what, that ain't right. These guys are using gossip against me. They're using slander against me. They're coming at me with the army. And God, all you're giving me is a pot, a torch, and a trumpet. But I want you to see what takes place here. When, when they begin to blow the trumpet, the Bible says that those 200,000 men begin to turn on one another. When you praise in the middle of your battle... See, when you praise instead of complain, when you worship instead of worry, when you give God glory instead of getting to the point where you start breaking down, when you do that, it confuses the enemy. Oh, come on. Somebody, somebody got to grab this this morning. Come on. Say it again, Pastor. See, if you're not catching this, I'll, I'll encourage myself on this this morning. The reality is this. They go into battle with 300 men, not even with a sword. And God says, if you blow the trumpet, I will show up in the midst of your battle. When you praise when you're outnumbered, when you glorify God when you're outnumbered, God shows up in that battle and God fights on your behalf. And the very weapons that the enemy had against you, they will turn on themselves to defeat themselves. Come on, somebody say amen. So I, I, wanna, I want you to see what happens here. Four things I want you to see. Whenever you find yourself outnumbered, number one, you got to face whatever's coming against you. Everyone say face it. Face. you, you got to face whatever's coming against you. That's what Gideon and them did. They didn't run. They didn't hide. They faced it. The second thing they did is they blew the trumpet. Everyone say blow the trumpet. That's where they praise. When you are outnumbered, when you're struggling, how many know that music has the ability to change atmospheres? That, that's why when you go to a football game, they got certain music playing. And it's usually like a headbanger kind of thing. And before you know it, you don't even like ACDC or rock. And before you know it, you're out there shaking your head going crazy. Because music changes atmospheres. Praise changes atmospheres. Come on, somebody. So they praise in the midst of this battle. And then the Bible says they were to take the torch and put it inside the pot. In other words, they were trying to hide the flame. They were trying to hide that they were coming up around the enemy. And when they got there, once they blew the trumpets, God gave them the instruction, break the pot. Everyone say, break the pot. Break the pot. See, the pot is symbolic of who we are. The Bible calls us earthen vessels. When you praise, when you don't feel like it, it breaks who you are down. Yeah. I'm preaching right now and you don't even know it. So some of you need to tune in right now because when you praise, when you don't feel like it, your body, your will, yourself, your, your flesh breaks yes. and it destroys the things that are holding back the, the glory of God from showing in your life. So when I praise, when I don't feel like it, when I give God glory, when I don't feel like it, when I shout, when I don't feel like it, it breaks who I am down. My body, my flesh breaks down and the fire of God that is inside me is now released for everyone else to see. Come on, somebody. So I need you to, sh everyone say this, shout, shout. Shatter. shatter, shine, shine. 
That's what you do when you find yourself against the enemy. When all you have is a trumpet, shout. When all you have is that pot, shatter. When all you have is that torch, shine. Because when we shout, when we shatter, it releases the shine of God for everyone else to see. Come on. Come on, you're about to get this. I don't need a sword when the enemy's coming up against me when I got a praise. <laughs> when I got a praise in my mouth, it doesn't matter what weapon the enemy comes against me with. See, he wins a great victory, but, but I want to take you a step further here, okay? This is what we're getting to. There's more than winning the battle. We got to win the war. And in many of our lives, we are people of crisis. Come on, somebody. We are a people that thrive in crisis. When a crisis comes up, we fight. But then when we get through the crisis, we chill. How many know when the doctor calls you in and says you're, you're pre-diabetic, all of a sudden you start working out, you start running, you start eating right and everything, and the moment he says you're good, you're back at Dairy Queen. Right. You got high blood pressure. You're going to have to start taking this medication, be on it all your life. All of a sudden, we start doing the right things, right? Because we are people of crisis. Men, you only pay attention to your wife when she's about to leave you. I'm talking about someone else, not y'all. Uh, yeah, another church down the street, right? See, I want you to see that, that, that Gideon went through a, a time of survival when he was hiding out. But then after he accomplished that, he succeeded. And that success made him say, you know what, I want to make an impact for the nation. Many of you are at a point of survival right now, and you're trying to succeed. Many of you that are at the success level are ready now to make an impact that won't just bless you, but bless the people around you. So I want to take you this morning to figure out how to go not just from survival to success, but from success to a significant impact. Why? Because it's not your bad times that determine who you are. Let me try this side. It's not your bad times that determine or reveal who you are. Man, I, I knew you guys were the spiritual side right here. I knew it. It's the good times that reveal who you are. Come on, when I'm broke, I need God. I ain't got nothing to lose. God, I need you. God, I, you know, I, I, have no, I have no trouble giving that dollar in my pocket when that's all I have because I ain't, that, that dollar doesn't seem like it's going to make a difference. But let God bless you with a million-dollar family. Now you want me to give 100 G's? Come on, Pastor. Shoot. <laughs> Trusted God with that $10. I gave you a dollar. Now you want me to increase. It's easy to trust God when you ain't got nothing. Because when you're broke, when you're struggling, when your wife's about to leave, your husband's about to leave, the family's falling apart, we call on God. We have no problem breaking the pot and calling on God when we're about to lose everything. But you know what? What do you do when you have everything? Amen. That reveals who we really are. Look at verse 4 of chapter 8 of the book of Judges. I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me. 
When Gideon came to the Jordan, him and the 300 who were with him crossed over, exhausted but still in pursuit. Now, now I want you to see what happens here. The army attack, the, the 200,000 army attacked themselves, but there's still a remnant left over. And so Gideon and his 300 pursue them, and they run after them. You see, it wasn't enough for them just to gain a victory. Gideon understood, I don't want these guys coming back again. Let that sink in for a moment. I don't want these people coming back again. You see, we celebrate progress more than we celebrate completion. Look how far I came. Look how far I've come. And we stop pursuing. All of a sudden, when you get out of the crisis, we stop pursuing. We get out of the struggle. We stop pursuing. We get through that point where they're about to leave, where they're about to walk away, where we're about to break down. The moment they say, okay, I'm not leaving you. I'm going to stay with We We just get through the crisis, but we never pursue to complete the job. They were exhausted. Have you ever felt weary, faint? It's like no gas left. You just, you just want to stop. And it was hard to get to this point. Come on. It was hard to fight to get to this moment. And you want me to, these guys are running, just let them run. But you know what I love is Gideon refused to allow the Midianites to stay alive and come back someday and attack his children. I refuse to allow my children to have to face enemies that I'm responsible for taking care of. You know, when my dad, he worked the fields when he was a kid. Wherever the fields went, he went. He only completed the sixth grade education because the fields always move. Wherever the crops move, that's where they move. But my dad, somewhere along the way, said this, my son will not work in the fields. My son will not be a field worker. And so he worked hard to get his high school diploma, not his GED. He wanted his diploma. He wanted to walk the line. So he didn't graduate from high school until he was 36. Graduate from college until he was in his early 40s. But then ended up working at United Technologies as a non-destructive tester that operated on, in NASA, flew down to Florida, Cape Canaveral, worked on the space shuttle and different things, not the one that blew up. <laughs> but he became an expert in his field. He excelled to the point that at one time he owned four houses here in the Bay Area. Why? How does a guy go from a field worker to a man that that broke the chain so that his son can go to college and pursue a better life? I want you to know that every one of us, it's not about success. It's about making an impact for generations. My dad was weary, but he still pursued Went to school all went to school at night, went to work during the day. Growing up, I rarely saw him because he was pursuing. Some would say pursue. I want to tell you something. Finish the job. Mom and dad finished the job. 
If the marriage is rocky, finish the job. If the addiction is struggling, finish the job. If you're trying to get out of debt, finish the job. If you're trying to get that education, finish the job. Don't stop halfway. Get the job done. Complete it. Oh, you can do better than that. Many of us are stopping halfway. David didn't stop halfway. When he knocked the giant down, he took his sword and he cut his head off. I ain't giving you a chance to get back up again. Some of y'all need to cut the head off of that giant that's been chasing you. You got to knock it down, and once you get it on the ground, cut its head off. Don't let it get back up again. Don't let it come after you. Don't let it have children. Don't let its children come after your kids. Take care of the job. Everyone shout, finish the job. Got to finish the job in our marriage, in our addictions, in our finances, in our health, in our family, and even in our faith. We got to finish the job. Even if you're tired, finish the job. Philippians 1.6 says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until he has finally finished it on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, now I, I want to take you somewhere as we close, okay? Worship team, if you would help me. Gideon does, or let, let me rephrase this. Gideon says all the right things, okay? After they went, he, he pursues these guys. He catches up with them. He kills them. And after he takes care of the, 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 the nation that was rising up against him, verse 22 of chapter 8 of Judges, that they say this, the Israelites, all the people that he just set free, We want you to rule over us. We want you, your son, and then your grandson to rule over us. In other words, we want to start a whole new dynasty of kings. And we're going to make you the ruler over us. And Gideon says the right thing. He says, no, no, I won't rule over you. Nor shall my son rule over you. But the Lord will rule over you. Come on, someone give God a shout of praise right there, okay? That sounds good. But the problem is when you take a look at verse 22, it says, we want you to rule over us because you have saved us from who? Who saved him? You have, come on, you got you to zone in here. Who's, who are they giving credit for the victory? Gideon. And he doesn't argue with them. What was the reason God whittled down the 32,000 to 300? Because he didn't want man to step back and say it was because of me and my military genius that we won the war. I want to take you so far down that only I get the credit for your breakthrough. How many times have we seen it? We see someone coming from the dust of the ground, rising up, being blessed with the business, being blessed with the family, being blessed with the house, being blessed with the car, being blessed with influence, being blessed with the talent. And you know you're not the one that made that happen. It was only God that made it happen. Then how dare us take credit for what only God could do? Look at me. Look how I made all this happen. 
my house, my car, my business. My watch. My rings. My bling. Wait, what? It wasn't you, Gideon. It was God. And what's worse is this. Gideon didn't want to be king, but he wanted to live like one. I want you to see what happens here. Cisco, you preached earlier on in, in fighting for our family, right? What did he do before he went to deliver the nation in the family? What did he do? He tore down the idols where? In his father's house. Tore down the idol. Didn't Before you can set a nation free, you got to make sure your family's free. There's some things in our house we got to tear down before we're going to step out and tell someone else how to live. Come on, somebody. Don't worry. I'm going to close right now. Even my grandson's clapping. He thought that was a good point. So I want you to, I want you to follow something here. But he tells them this. When, when they come up, they said, we want you to be king. He says, no, no, the Lord's going to rule over you. But I have one request. Takes a blanket, lays it out. Being that I set you free, being that I'm the one that led this whole army, I'm just asking you guys for one thing. Y'all got all kinds of spoils and plunder and money from us defeating this huge army. Why don't y'all just break me off a piece? Every one of you, instead, you, you keep everything that you got from this victory, but just give me one earring, one gold earring. Don't give me none of that fake green stuff. Turn my earlobe green. To give, give me a real, give me, give me the, break me off of an earring and just every one of you, just give me an earring. And they do that. Follow me. So that each one come and they drop their earring. That's not a big deal. For what you did for us, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. And every one of them drops an earring. At the end of it, he had over 43 pounds of gold. In today's market, that's almost a million dollars of gold. He didn't want to be king, didn't want the responsibilities of being a king, but he wanted to live like one. But what he does, instead of taking the spoils and using it to live, you know what he does? The Bible says he makes an ephod. Anyone know what an ephod is? It's like a breastplate. It's something only priests would wear. And so he takes it and he has it made and he puts it up in his house and it becomes an idol. He tore down his father's idol only to build another one. What should have been a point of success and a point of victory, the Bible says that that became a point of stumbling block for not only him, but his children and his children's children. Be careful that what you're building right now doesn't become something that draws your family away from God rather than bringing them closer to God. What I'm building better draw my family closer to Jesus. 
When I'm building better, draw my grandson closer to Jesus. What I'm doing has to be a thing that's not going to cause them to worship the thing. I can't have them worshiping a house or a car or a ministry or stuff. They have to know that all that stuff is meaningless without the God that gave it to us. I want you to see, they said that Gideon made a gold made the gold into an ephod, which he placed in Oprah. Not Oprah, okay, not, she wasn't there. His town. And all Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping it there. And it became a snare to Gideon and his family. Because tough times don't reveal who you are. Success reveals who you are. Back in Manteca, we used to have men's homes. Men would come into the home broken, surrendered, giving everything to God. It's not until they got their job started making some money, get their family back, that all of a sudden when they had some success under their belt, did they begin to fall? Because it was that discretionary income that they got that now, oh, I could go get a drink, I can handle this. Just go get some weed, I can handle this. Because it's not your desperate times that reveal who you are. It's your blessed times that reveal who you are. And that's why some of you right now, you're you're praying for blessings that haven't come yet. Because God knows he can't trust you with the blessing. Because if you were to get the very thing you're praying for right now, that'd be the last God would see of you. Say it again, Pastor. It'd be the last time God saw you. That's why you ain't got that man, that woman, that house, that car, that job. Because the very blessing would turn into an idol in your life because you don't have a good foundation right now. You guys are looking at me like you're mad right now. The Lord's Prayer says this as I close. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from. You know what that means? God, don't promote me beyond what my character can sustain me. You're praying for promotions that your character hasn't caught up with yet. You're praying for blessings that you're not prepared for yet. Doesn't mean that God doesn't want you blessed. God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed beyond measure. God's not holding back blessings. You are. You need to develop your character so those blessings won't become evil to you.
happened. We were flowing, and then you guys just... Hey, you guys let me know when you're ready, man. We'll, we'll continue. Totally lost my flow, man. Remember, music creates atmospheres. Y'all stole my atmosphere from me. We were building. We were there. Spirit of God showing back up again. <laughs> that ephod was a symbol of victory. Don't let your victories draw you away from God. Let them draw you, your children, and your children's children closer to God. Come on, stand to your feet with me this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.